This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Welcome to the Cinevals. We have something a little bit different planned for you guys. Sha, sha, sha. Da, 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 da. We are presenting the Stone Stories. Ooh, that's right. Both movies mm. directed by Oliver Stone that Val Kilmer has been in so far. Maybe Ooh. there's a trilogy in the works, yeah. who's to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about 1991's The Doors and 2004's Alexander. Um... We watched Alexander first, so let's start there. Sounds good. Um, I didn't know that this movie existed, and I thought it was a full-on different movie until we were probably about a half an hour into the film. Yes. Um, my first clue that you maybe were thinking of a different movie was, I think we said so we'd agreed to watch Alexander, and you said something to the tune of, Oh yeah, I love Al- I love Orlando Bloom in that. Yeah, I full <laughs> thought I thought that this movie was Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. <laughs> um yep. Which I I'm pretty sure I remember liking Kingdom of Heaven. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, save that chat for um the Ridley Scott cast. Uh, Scott cast. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I was thinking uh <laughs> Orlando Bloomland, Orlando Myland. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Camille, you saw this in theaters. It's true. I did. Uh, I saw it when it came out in theaters with my dad. That's the only time I've seen it. So I reached back through the recesses of my mind. I remembered very little about it. Mm-hmm. Um I mostly, I think my only clear memory of the movie was um, the battle in India mm. with the elephants where it's um, mm-hmm. it's tinted red. Mm-hmm. It's very striking. Mm-hmm. And that's about all I remembered. I vaguely remembered the celebrities that were in it, but kind of not the plot at all. Um, in any case, we ended up watching. So here's the thing. There are four different versions of Alexander. So many different versions. There's so many different versions. Um, We went into it knowing there was a director's cut, which we intended on all watching and then learning through iTunes and the internet immediately. There are two more than that. Yep. So there is. So uh, there's a little article that breaks it down here. Uh, So the movie itself came out in 2004. But in 2005, when the film, which originally ran for 175 minutes, arrived on DVD, Oliver Stone prepared a director's cut that saw him restructure some elements, delete 25 minutes of footage, and add 17 different minutes of unseen scenes into a 167-minute version that was actually shorter than the original. Uh, And then in 2007, he released a final cut. Lie uh, <laughs> that replaced the deleted 25 minutes along with another 40 minutes of additional scenes making their debut um, in a version that, after the trimming of 
Um, other material clocked in at 214 minutes. So that's version number three. Mm-hmm. And then um, version number four, the one that we watched, Alexander colon the ultimate cut um (laughs) clocks in at 207 minutes long and it's uh, essentially a refinement of the final cut and oliver stone has gone on record to say it's his absolute final say on the the alexander it's the ultimate final Mm -hmm. cut and it was released on blu-ray yeah yeah so we watched the ultimate cut Mm -hmm. we did um yeah it is very different than the theatrical cut um Luckily, uh, so Greg, producer Greg, (laughs) some of you might remember from previous and future episodes of this podcast, Mm. uh, watched it with us and he recalled the theatrical version much clearer than Mm -hmm. I did. Um, and the, the, the movie is totally different. Yeah. It's like almost totally chronological, uh, in the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. So it starts as, uh, Alexander as a, as a, as a wee baby boy and then chronicles his journey to greatness and then subsequent, uh death spoilers mm-hmm. <laughs> spoilers for history yeah <laughs> um yes <laughs> uh yeah and then the ultimate cut it's very much all over the place it's it's a lot more fragmented mm-hmm. um and the yeah the the storyline of of the the life of alexander is told um, much more all over the place. And mm-hmm. and so you get like a lot of really interesting like foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the beginning, they they keep talking and referring to like how Philip dies and like, oh, I'm really sorry about your dad and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But you never really know what happens yeah. until um, it's revealed, which is, it, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I like that way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes things uh, interesting. Yeah. It's like Oedipus. Like you have to go in order to yeah. like learn about the past. You have to go forward in present time. And like the more forward we go in present time, the farther back we learn about the past. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool. Um, Alexander has, uh, which which was really fun that, uh, to watch you discover like how <laughs> incredibly star-studded and expansive this yeah! movie is. Oh, man. Like, Ali, please regale us with some of the cast that graces the silver screen. Okay, so there's Colin Farrell, uh, Jared Leto, there's Rosario Dawson, there's Angelina Jolie, there's um, Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. Obviously, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, other important people. Jonathan Reese Myers. Yeah, Jonathan Reese Myers. Mm-hmm. Not John Mayer. Jonathan yes. Reese Myers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> their names sound very similar. It's true. John Mayer. John Meyer is really the difference. Right? True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, when you get down to brass taxes, whatever that expression yeah. is. Um, who else? Uh, and those are the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> star, are, and then the, star so chaos. Yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot of people who are, you know, various generals that are like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, them. That yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, that guy's oh, in movies uh, the, all the time. The, the, the guy who's the uh, the Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones tall guy. Oh yeah, the guy who plays the hound. Yes. He's in it. Yes. He's a great he has a great speech at one point. Yeah. He does very well. Yeah. Movie. I liked that uh ancient Greece was just all Irish. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was really nice. Yeah. You I know, think, yeah. You know, why like, not? Yeah. You know, there's not speaking English in any case. So yeah, who give, cares? Give 
honestly. Give British dialects a break. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you if your entire movie revolves around this main actor, they should be comfortable in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Nothing's- yeah, and like what does it really mean like he was just going to be doing another British or American dialect? Yeah. So, what's the difference? Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Great. Um yeah. I uh, liked this movie. Yeah, me too. I liked this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it hits sort of a lot of um uh like old-timey Hollywood nostalgia that I have like mm. I really really loved Cleopatra um growing up the one with Rex Harrison and um Liz Taylor cool so it felt very much like that like it had mm. an overture and it had an intermission mm-hmm. and even some of like the acting styles felt like of that time definitely um so which I think was um a deliberate choice I think this was maybe Oliver Stone's like homage to those great epics yeah like ten commandments and Mm ben-hur swords and sandals yeah 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 um yeah i liked it Mm -hmm. i thought this movie was good i so we watched it um we watched the first half and then during the intermission we realized that it was 11 30 and we're all sleepy so then we took a 24-hour intermission (laughs) and came back uh and finished it but all in all, the movie's three hours and 26 minutes, mm-hmm. which feels long, which... Yeah, and we're also learning about someone's entire epic life. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was, He certainly was. He, he did, did a lot of great things. He did a lot of stuff. He went to a lot of places. He met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it feels long because it didn't, it didn't feel long, like mm-hmm. it went, but we also took a break in the middle, so... Yeah, it feels like we watched a mini series. Yes, it does. And it and like Anthony Hopkins uh, narrates as Ptolemy, mm-hmm. um, and like Ptolemy knew Alexander as a young man, I suppose. And then Anthony Hopkins, like present day Sir Anthony Hopkins, is he's, like narrating in retrospect and stuff like that. And he's which like is, Pharaoh, and yes. is, he, he's like writing his memoirs. Yes, on he's, papyrus. He's on a dictating papyrus. his memoirs. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> um, and that's like a nice. It's a nice through line. It's very miniseries-esque, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Um, in, like, the best way you could have a miniseries. Um, totally. It's, it's kind of cool because it's a bit, like, I don't know. I like kind of the idea that, like, I don't know if it's, like, the framing device or sort of just, like, the the gloss that we have on the movie is that it's it's this historical thing that's told to us by this guy who was there, but it was 40 years ago. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe his memory is not accurate. Or, like, what is he leaving? I don't know. Like, things like that that are, like, I don't know. Like, it's there was a choice to have a narrator. Yeah. have that through that kind of lens. You're like, oh, history. Yeah. I guess it just depends on who wrote that. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, yeah. I uh, I really liked the action sequences. Yeah, One of the same. biggest differences was that the movie basically opens with the big battle in uh, the battle for Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it opens with that and then it sort of almost closes with the battle mm-hmm. in India. Mm-hmm. So you see him, you see Alexander like at his greatest. And then uh, you see probably it's described as like the bloodiest battle. Mm-hmm. So you, so it ends with him sort of like at his darkest moment. Um, 
so yeah, I thought that was really cool because uh, in the theatrical release, that the that one big battle happens in the middle and then it happens at the end. So you're building towards that. But I think the choice to sort of make those bookends uh, and sort of like mirror and also like juxtapose, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Agreed. There's um, it's something that I think either yourself or Greg, I think maybe Greg, Greg mentioned when we were watching the movie that... Um, because in the theatrical version, um, we know it's it's chronological, and we know like okay, so first we see him young, then he's sort of a teenager, mm-hmm. but played by Colin Farrell still, yeah, and then is his age at the end of the movie, sort of thing. Um, because of that structure, we very much know when, like, say Angelina Jolie's scenes are done, and yeah. we know when, and we super know when Val Kilmer's scenes are done and they're over. There's like a big chunk, and then they're done. Yeah. Versus in this version of it. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. we get that reference to like blah blah blah, how your father died, but we don't know that, and we mm-hmm. don't know the context surrounding that until like pretty late in in the movie, mm-hmm. I would say. And so that's and that really informed. I don't know, and like restructuring that is kind of exciting because like all of those like parent flashbacks super inform all of the scenes we just saw yeah. and the stuff we're about to see, mm-hmm. and that's so much more exciting in like in terms of seeing like oh, what is what are his present day decisions and like. This character goes through such a, I mean, an evolution of a life, but also mm-hmm. like just so many ups and downs. And like, especially when just the latter part of the movie, you're like, what? This decline is mm-hmm. bananas. And like, what is going on here? How, how, where are these choices coming from um, against like all of this higher up advising and things like that? And you mm-hmm. get these peaks into his earlier life then and yeah. only then. Yeah. Which is really exciting. I don't know. That makes it much more, yeah, I, I don't know. It's less predictable. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it colors the character in the movie and in more, I don't know, more interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so Greg was mentioning, uh, so in the theatrical release, they had, um, the editors had cut out a lot of the love story between Jared Leto and Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. And there was also a manservant character who was... Um, Alexander's lover mm-hmm. and had like a pretty significant role throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and that character was cut out completely of the theatrical release, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, which like one, can you imagine being that actor yeah. and being oh, like, wow, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this movie. I'm yeah. going to go on <laughs> opening night because I remember shooting all of these scenes and then just to like not be in the movie at all. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, literally my nightmare. Yeah. Like, yeah. No kidding. Ah! No kidding. It's ah! crazy. Yeah. And like that, it's so interesting because because you get both Jared. Yeah. Because like I, I'd known about like um, like Colin Farrell and Jared Leto's characters relationship was like contentious at the time yeah. or whatever. Um, but like other like manservant character yeah. didn't even get a nod in terms of like no one is even talking about how I'm controversial too. I get like, yeah. I'm contentious too. And like, not even like acknowledge. Like, I think maybe, I think he, like that character's in the theatrical cut for like a glance, a literal glance of like, <sighs> I'm across the room. Oh, bye. Um, and then in, like you said, in, in this cut of the movie, he's like consistently, like he goes on the yeah. campaign trail with him yeah. and he is there at all of these really significant moments. And mm-hmm. like that character just doesn't have a lot of lines, but that character has a lot of presence mm-hmm. and is like sort of, um, just kind of like th- this comforting 
like soft yeah. presence around yeah. like there's like a really sweet um moment after like alexander has spoiler alert obviously um <laughs> has like killed uh this character um i think his uncle or his cousin this plot synopsis sorry guys i think it was, um, I think it was his cousin i think it was his cousin anyway yeah, he right. killed he this killed guy some dude it was a it was a drunken brawl he was stirring up shit he was very much stirring up shit it seems like it was taking that character 20 minutes to leave the room with like 40 people screaming like okay you've crossed the line dude like hold me back leave. bro hold me back it's th- yeah it's like 3 a.m we're brawling there's jersey shore style like come at me bro yeah um and then so eventually alexander just like fucking spears him yeah and he is dead and then there's days of him like dealing with that and then there's just this really sweet scene where like he's not letting anyone see him then in his tent he's just like his head is being cradled cradled by manservant character yeah and it's just like this really vulnerable moment for like the most powerful person on earth at that time totally yeah so that's a real shame yeah um for many reasons Uh Um, so this movie came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Brokeback Mountain came out in 2005. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like if this movie had come out in 2006, then mm-hmm. we might have seen more, yeah. more of that. Or maybe it would have been, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I mean, it's literal erasure. Yeah. Um, which is really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the past... Mm-mm. But it's only it was only 15 years ago. Yeah. So. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I mean, I guess it's sort of like the the time people just had a lot of wives and lovers and stuff. But mm. I, I think it is interesting um, going into like his marriage to Rosario Dawson and mm-hmm. and her. Uh, dealing with uh, his bisexuality mm-hmm. and him having other lovers and stuff mm-hmm. um, in a really weird like wedding night scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like speaking weird. of like yeah. cho- of choices and things like that, like we don't ever see. I don't know. Like maybe watching. I don't know. Maybe watching like the ultimate cut like. And there are like more choices and like manservant characters brought back in and we get a lot more of like fleshing out of things in general. Maybe that's part of the choice of like we never see Alexander and Jared Leto kiss. Alexander no. and Hephaestion. Hephaestion? Hephaestion. Jared Leto. Yeah. Hipster Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Appropriately coined by you, Allie. Um, we never see them kiss, which is yeah. like super frustrating. We do um, end up seeing Alexander and manservant kiss, I think once, maybe mm-hmm. twice, which is still like, all right. Um come on um we yeah. don't get but we get like a we get like a instant a, love yeah. scene between alexander and rosario dawson which starts really we, yeah horribly yeah there it's uh, it's very violent and like yeah uh it feels like he's trying to like break a horse yes uh, yeah it's really uncomfortable to watch yeah. and she's like she's nude totally right away and it's it's yeah it's really uncomfortable yeah but it's it's upsetting that audiences are much more comfortable watching that yeah. and which like is really upsetting yeah. meanwhile like colin farrell and jared leto like having a hug yeah is is like contra- is controversial yeah ah! yeah ah! yeah everything sucks yeah Ugh. um Anyway, I that being said, I did really enjoy what was there mm-hmm. between um, Colin Farrell and Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. I wish there would have been more of that. Um, 
yeah, I just, you know, go, I, I would have liked to see that more developed throughout. Because mm-hmm. Jared Leto, in some ways, feels like uh, Alexander's, like, groundedness. Like, yeah. Alexander has his head in the, in the sky and is has all of these big dreams. And Jared Leto is, uh, is there reminding him of what's what is there for him and not just what could be there for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like has the unique position of like, they grew up together. They have like similar military training and experience and things like that. So can speak to like, Oh, that's a good idea. Or like, no, that's a bad idea. You know, kind of thing. but also has like, obviously like the personal relationship as well to be able to navigate those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Shall we get down to the Kilmer of it all? We shall. So Val Kilmer plays Philip, uh, the father of Alexander. Um, he's a scumbag. He's, yes. he's a bad dude. He mm-hmm. plays a he plays a bad dude. Yeah. Um, but I will say I do think it's a really like nuanced performance. Agreed. Um, I mean I know that so. I mean, I'm sure everyone who didn't think that this movie was Kingdom of Heaven it <laughs> knows that this movie was a horrible flop. Yes. It's rated 16%. Um, it, it won a bunch of Razzies. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer won a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. which I think is a shame because I think his performance as Philip is like is really nuanced because like yes he is a scumbag but you see these flashes of like him being tender and him being proud of his son and then there's that really beautiful scene uh where they're like in the cave of myths oh yeah and they're just going through and he's like he's spouting off like he's saying some like awful things but you can see like this internal struggle with him and cause like he, he does have this pride for his son and this like intention to like prepare his son for what's coming. And, and like all of this comes from, um, I don't know. I'm assuming it comes from like some sort of paternal love or like even just the desire to see his own, um, legacy continue. But like you, there's like a really, um, interesting, uh, dichotomy that's going on mm-hmm. um throughout which i think is really cool um mm-hmm. so yeah uh and yeah i it's hard because he plays such a bad dude yeah but that but that's the dude and he he did it really well and i know we've yeah. talked about this before but like val kilmer is really great at like knowing the movie he's in yes and being in that movie and like just doing whatever like job is parceled out to him. Yeah. Doing that the best. Yeah. (laughs) So he did, he did this and I Mm -hmm. feel like he didn't, if this makes sense, I feel like he didn't try to steal any of like what Colin Farrell's, like he's not trying to make it about Philip in any way. And obviously that can be edited away. Like it's not a play, but, um, (laughs) but it's not like he's trying to like get moments or get like some kind of like sympathy for this kid, you know, because like it's hard to play a villain and like Philip's a bad dude. He sucks. Literally the first opening, like the first, our first introduction to (laughs) this character is him trying to force himself on Angelina Jolie. Yeah. He comes in wasted and yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they have a fight in front of their five-year-old son. Yeah. 
And then it uh, doesn't get better than that. Nope. At any point. Nope. Really. Um, other than, like like you said, a few fleeting moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really difficult. I mean, you know, that's yeah. really difficult. I so. also wonder, because when we were talking about heat, uh, you had read that, we had read that article about how Val Kilmer is like so method that he he claims to to know exactly how it feels to fire a gun at someone and kill them. Yes. So in his mind, like I I have to wonder like it must be really hard to play these kind of characters. Um mm-hmm. this like and Jim Morrison because like yeah. When we're talking about like you know people who have issues. Yeah. Um I feel like Philip is is such he's a bad dude. Um and and I wonder like this is gonna sound really cheesy, but it's a safe space. <laughs> Thanks. Um I think it like it it must take a lot of bravery to take on a role like that mm-hmm. when you are internalizing so much of it. Right. In sort of the like in the non-method actor way, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do this, but like I know, but like I know that I am me, and that this is a part that I am playing, and that this is a mask. But um, according to Val Kilmer, in like just going off of that interview, to like actually put yourself in that position and try and like get into the head and feel what it is like to. Um, to, to be like a, a a rapist and a uh brutalizer and mm-hmm. like that I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. That's something that I don't think I would ever want to do. Yeah. So it's so yeah, I think Yeah. And then to oh. to do that, I think you're totally right. And like to do all of that that you just described and then the movie comes out and everyone hates it and yeah. you get a you get a worldwide you suck award. Yeah. You win the you yeah. suck the most on a global level award. Yeah. Like I don't care how rich you are and how famous you are and how that much you might say you're hurt. like over it, that hurts feelings, yeah. man. Like whoa. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah, Ruth Stoof. Ruth Ruth Stoof. Um so a couple other fun facts about mm-hmm. this movie. This movie was filmed around the world. It was filmed mm. in Greece. It was filmed in Thailand. It was filmed, like, I think partially in England as well. It was filmed in Australia. Like, it was filmed so many places. It cost $155 million. Yeah, you can see that. You can see the budget. Yeah. This is a very uh, <coughs> pretty looking movie. Yeah. Like the costumes are nice. I'm glad they didn't put them in uh, togas. Mm. <laughs> and because the Greeks didn't wear togas, the Romans wear togas. The Greeks <laughs> wore ketons. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like the costumes are beautiful. The, the, what, the sets are stunning. They're, and they're huge. You're right. They're, they're huge. just like, they're just like, um, Cleopatra or any of those epics they're yeah. really big there's a ton of extras yeah and there's like, like the there's dance numbers oh, yeah uh, a harem number like yeah totally Camille called it she was like uh when Rosario Dawson comes out on their wedding night and uh is is dancing she's like oh this is such a Xena moment and it, <laughs> it totally is it's yeah. like if Xena had a hundred million dollars to yes. spend <laughs> Which, yeah. um, let's see a Xena movie. Yes. And let's see it cost $100 million. Please. Hell yeah. Fuck yes. 
Um, here's a little fact from the IMDb trivia page. Mm. Val Kilmer noted that the most challenging parts of the production were gaining the weight needed for the... Oh, yeah. Also, he gained like 50 or 60 pounds to play this role. Wow. Um, and the loss of depth perception secondary to monovision oh, yeah. from the scar tissue makeup covering one eye. So mm-hmm. we also had mm-hmm. one eye. And there's like <laughs> like fight choreography and shit like that. Yeah. And he's like always stumbling around drunk. Yeah. So like... To, to pretend to be out of control mm-hmm. while only having one eye, I feel like that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, Camille, you pulled up the box office, right? For the I did, movie? Yes. So what did, um, so it was 115 million? 155, uh, let's see. The, what was the budget? The budget was 155 million. Okay. And then, uh, so domestically, the movie made 33, um, 34, pardon me, $34.2 million um, upon closing in theaters and $133 million overseas for a worldwide total of $167 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I guess because it did so poorly in America, it was considered a massive flop, yeah. uh, and they expected to make m- much more money. Yeah, yeah. But I guess um, the reason that there were so many other versions besides mm-hmm. besides Oliver Stone, you know, feeling like mm-hmm. okay, well, like here's the actual movie that I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, besides that, I guess there was like um, quite a lot of popularity in like the home market when the DVDs mm-hmm. started coming out. But mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, we can fund this. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit under the weather. <laughs> I'm sure you can't hear it in, in, in the podcast. Here, but Camille, you sound great. <clears throat> Thank you. Stop doubting yourself. <coughs> You're perfect. <laughs> uh, um. uh, I have the typhoid. <laughs> no. no! Huh. I just, uh, I've been watching a lot of Outlander, uh, <laughs> which ties into both of these movies. Whoa. So it's not. A tangent. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's a part where they're on a boat and uh, Claire, the main character, gets basically kidnapped by this other boat because she's a doctor <laughs> and they have an outbreak of typhoid. Ooh. And she's the only one who, like, knows how to deal with it. So uh-huh. they, so she's like, I'm a doctor. I'll come on. And she, like, goes onto their boat and is like, okay, this is what you have to do. I can stay with you for, you know, a couple hours while you get yourself situated. And then I'm got to – and then I got to go back. Mm. And then the boat just leaves. Ooh. And they kidnap her. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What's anyway. typhoid again? Typhoid is a bacterial infection that causes fever and diarrhea and vomiting and a red rash. Gross. And it is passed through um, physical contact. Gotcha. Um, So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway... They, so we think that uh, Alexander dies of typhoid in this? No. Uh, anyway. I think, okay, so that's what the movie... Um, makes it that's seem what like. The movie makes it seem like, and it seems like that's also what Jared Leto's character mm-hmm. dies of beforehand. And like mm-hmm. especially like red rash around the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty indicative. But um, I read a hot take new study. Because yeah. we Googled it and we're like, is that is that really what happened? Kind of thing. Um, and... <laughs> there's a there's a hot new theory as of this year 2019 like ce or whatever <laughs> ad um that 
that Alexander maybe had um, GBS, which is not a, a which is a uh, syndrome I can't pronounce, so I won't try. <laughs> um, but it's like essentially like a a nerve disease. But anyway, the the main point of it is that like slowly, like his body would have shut down, which yeah, is in line with like what happened. Slow paralysis, right? Yes, and then he might have, and like something that was like observed at the time that people marked up to like the legend around Alexander was mm-hmm. that his body didn't decompose for days mm-hmm. and days and days, like for, or for like weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might have been because he wasn't actually dead. So I guess the ancient practice at the time in like Greece slash Macedonia was mm-hmm. to um, check uh, if someone was dead by if they were breathing or not. Makes mm-hmm. sense. But not yeah. check pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might have just been in like essentially like a paralysis coma for mm. like a week yeah. or more. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I wonder if that's similar. To, so like uh, in Catholicism, mm-hmm. one of the ways to like uh become a saint was to not have your body decompose right so like the uh, the they were called the uncorruptibles incorruptibles something like that okay the untouchables by david mammon mm-hmm. right um <laughs> yeah uh and i'm wondering like if that is maybe what happened to a lot of people who oh. are now saints the Vatican, right in. Yeah. We'd love to hear your hot take. <laughs> Pope Francis? Pope Francis. Give us, send us, send us an email at yeah. the cinevals at gmail.com. <laughs> um, I feel like there's not much of a point in like recounting the plot of Alexander just because like A, it's just his life story. And also this one like popped around quite a lot. Um, I don't know. I would recommend checking out the final cut or the, no, the ultimate cut. Pardon me. Pardon yes. me. Even if, um, if you'd dare. seen the theatrical cut. Whatever. Um, especially if you're interested in like fucking history, yeah, and epics, yeah, that's, or like movies of the fifties. Like this will be up the alley. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you give it? Ooh. Um. I would give it. Uh, um. Like a, th- a three amber rings out of mm. five longing stares at Jared Leto. Beautiful. Yeah. I I think I would get, yeah, I would give it like three, maybe even like three and a half uh, rearing elephants fighting soldiers in a red tinge. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, what was your, what were some of your like favorite scenes of the movie? Ooh. Um. Oh, that's good. You know what? I liked any scene with Angelina Jolie. Oh, so hot and scary. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very hot and scary. She's like the same. So she was like the same age as Colin Farrell when they were filming the movie, <laughs> but she plays his mother. Yeah. So much tension. Yeah. She's and very she hot. she has an accent. <laughs> yeah. We're not sure what it is. We don't know. We don't know if it's like character based or if she just came in and like had a choice. And yeah. Like, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Do you. Um, there's like a million snakes on her at Sh- oh, all yeah. times. Covered in snakes. Covered in snakes. There's like snake bangles. She's always in like a silk robe of some kind like it's great she's great she's very charming to watch and she's just doing doing stuff she's doing acting she's doing a performance it's exciting the whole time yeah yeah bam so it's great and there's like this great um in the scene where uh val kilmer gets killed Mm -hmm. assassinated um 
it there's like they're about to watch a play and everyone in the audience is wearing all white and she's wearing <laughs> red and it's it's a bit obvious, but it's like so striking. It's just such a beautiful image. Yeah. It's great. And she's just sitting there regally watching him die. And like, I don't know if they like didn't affect with her eyes or if they're really like this spooky in real life, but like the sun reflecting off of them, they're <gasps> like almost white, like entirely white. Like they're like light gray and they're just like pierce. It's, it's really cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. great. Everything's very exciting. Yeah. 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 Cool. What about you? Favorite scenes? Um, I really liked the scene where young Alexander rides Bucephalus. Yeah. Of course. Totally. So it's the scene where... Uh, Val Kilmer is like trying to tame this horse and it's not working and mm-hmm. then he's like no it's fine get rid of the horse and then uh, uh, young Alexander's like I'll ride the horse and um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so he, he goes down and he like jumps on the horse and they go for a ride and then uh, he comes back and like Val Kilmer is just really proud and he like lifts him up and he's like my son my son <laughs> and it's just like really tense and it's like the only like truly nice moment between mm-hmm. them um, which I think is really nice mm-hmm. um, and I do really lo- there was one scene um, where uh, Colin Farrell and Jared Leto they're like on a balcony somewhere it's mm-hmm. like in the middle of the movie which is not helpful. <laughs> but they're like on a balcony and they're overlooking. I think they had just gotten to Babylon. Mm-hmm. So they're overlooking Babylon and Alexander's talking about all the things and, and he uh, turns to Jared Leto and just like, I love you. And they like confess their love for each other and then they have a hug. <laughs> and then that's the end of the scene. But it's yeah. just like, it's really, I think it's well acted and mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's very sweet, and it feels so unrequited, and, or not unrequited, but, like, un unfulfilled, yeah. I guess, because, yeah, I don't know, and, like, maybe that, maybe part of that is the choice of, like, Yo. oh, I feel like, no, oh, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. longing for them to kid, and, like, they're longing, but, like, that kind of seems like a cop-out, Yeah, so, totally. I don't know, but, like, I get, like, yeah. but, like, you're the most powerful person in the yeah. world, and you can't just be in love no. with who you're in love with then what's it all for oh, oh. i get the movie i get it all right. <laughs> oh cool, i cool. see i see okay okay sick sick cool. <laughs> 10, out cool. 10. 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 <laughs> would buy on itunes <laughs> um oh and i do really love the rosario dawson dance oh uh, yeah. it's so cool Fuck, she's so cool yeah yeah she's so cool and hot yeah she is cool huh uh. yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah it's yeah. great. It's it's like just a really cool, well choreographed dance, mm-hmm. um, and like it's it really swells and like af- and then afterwards it's just like there's this moment of silence where we're all like, "Oh, this movie's awesome!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great to have that. Even like the intermission, the intermission, like just like yeah. with the images they chose and like the soaring music and stuff. It was so uh, old timey, and we had a very rousing discussion on like. Well, not very rousing. It was 11 o'clock at night, but we were like, <laughs> there should be intermissions in, in all be, movies that are fucking three hours there long. There should be intermissions. There should be intermissions. There intermissions in movies. Yeah. Why are there intermissions in movies? Get it. 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 Get it.